Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Top Shelf Sports Talk. You're hanging out in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan. Rochester. Well, anytime you're a number one wide receiver, I think that's where one of the places where defensive coordinators start when, when they game plan as a defensive staff. And so I'm sure that they start um, with Steph or somewhere thereabouts. So um, there's, there's obviously an intention to try and take him away or manage what he does for our offense and our team. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to do because he's really good. Um, but that's where other people have to get involved and, and produce as well. There's Bills head coach Sean McDermott. More on that lack of production from Stefan Diggs here the last couple of weeks. We welcome in Thad Brown, News 8 Sports Director. I want to talk about that and more with Thad here in the sports bar. Thanks for the time as always, Thad. Can we start with these injuries on the defensive side of the ball? Not like they needed more injuries, but no A.J. Epineza, no Micah Hyde. How do the Bills actually try to, to improve here on their effort from last week with these two playmakers out of the lineup? Well, the one I'm most concerned about is actually Taron Johnson, who uh, is nursing ankle injury, limited in practice this week. And Sean McDermott said today that they would wait and see with him. Now, we may find out in a half an hour that he's good to go, no injury designation, that's fine. But you can't replace what Taron Johnson brings to this defense, both against the pass and against the run. He's so integral to both parts of that, and especially against the Cowboys, where you know C.D. Lamb is the number one weapon, but he will line up in the slot a fair amount to where – you know, Johnson, frankly, Johnson's their best defensive back right now. Rasul Douglas is really good. He's been a help. But if, if I got one guy I want to be one-on-one with an elite receiver, right now I want it to be Taron Johnson, if he's not going to play, you know, they don't have a guy to, to fill that in and, and to manage the pass defense that way. And, you know, they would be in a tough, tough spot. So uh, hopefully he plays from the Bills' point of view. And then, you know, improving on what they've been doing, I mean, obviously you can't when you keep having guys – go out of the lineup. I think Terrell Dotson's been playing well. You know, I think they've gotten a little more out of him than maybe they expected. Like I said, Douglas has been solid. So there's guys who can make plays, and the big thing is going to have to be up front. They finished that Chiefs game by getting pressure. Not sacks, but but pressure on Pat Mahomes to affect him, deflect balls, you know, get some, move him around, make him uncomfortable. If they can get that, it'll go a long way on Sunday. So, Sab, before we uh, hit you with a bunch of questions and you know, get your takes on uh, this coming week, I mean, my gosh, you were a witness to, <laughs> to a story. Actually, you you got the message out, and you know, great job by you for being right there and that that handshake, which was unusual uh, to say the least. I guess I'll just kind of start there. When you're down on the sideline, were you kind of aware that Mahomes is that last play was uh, you know happening? Those last kneel downs was blowing a gasket there on the Chiefs sideline. No, no, because on the sideline, I'm dialed into the build reaction. You know, that, that's what I want my camera on. I had no idea he was like that. And the thing that, that blew me away, and first of all, thanks for the, the kudos to that. I appreciate it. But the thing that blows me away is, you know, I've been doing this for 
23, 24 seasons now, and I've always been fascinated that these men can be amped up to kill each other for three hours, and then the moment the game's over, they turn it off, and they're buddies, they're peers. You know, they're, they're a lot of respect for each other. I've always like liked that human element about the NFL. And not once have I ever seen a player complain to a player on the opposing team about officiating, especially when the player on the opposing team is very likely benefiting from what you're ever complaining about. So th- that was the thing that blew me away the most. That you know, And I think that, that kind of shows you that Mahomes, who's been nothing but classy at every other turn before this, was very likely just so angry he was outside his brain and just didn't comprehend what was going on. Poor Josh Allen, on his after interaction, my reaction was that he didn't know what to do. Like, sorry, buddy. I mean, my bad. I mean, what, what do you want me to say? So it, it was baffling in a few ways and, and you know, again, certainly kind of underlined how just ridiculous, angry, ridiculously angry Mahomes was in that moment. And, and for that moment being what it was, I think the way – both Allen and Mahomes acted in the days following, kind of speak to the level of maturity that they both have and the level of class that they have. Wouldn't you agree? 100%. Yeah, yeah. Both guys are just, you know, tip-top human beings from all we can tell and have acted that way at just about every turn. Josh Allen's had his moments, too, where, you know, frustration, anger's gotten the better of him. But, you know, for the most part, these are, you know, two guys that I'm sure the NFL is super happy to be, you know, the faces of the league. Yeah, and Thad, I, I thought that that was like the best we've seen James Cook. I mean, you, you, you know, over 100 scrimmage yards are once again. And I guess my question is, um, can we expect more James Cook? Because it seemed like they didn't trust him down the stretch with only two touches there in the last 17 minutes. Well, some of that was the Bills that have many touches in the last 17 minutes in general because they couldn't stay on the field for the most part. But um, I think with Cook, it, it's less about him and more about getting him into good positions. You know, both his big receptions are things that were really well schemed by Joe Brady because, you know, James Cook has a, he came into the league as a guy that was expected to be a receiving threat, and he can be, but he's really not much of a receiver. He's not going to run routes. He's not getting away from any sort of, you know, really legit coverage. You got to scheme him into space and then let him do his thing. And Brady nailed it on, on a couple of long passes there, the touchdown, and then he had another one you're down the sideline for 30. So that's really the thing. You know, can the Bills, can Joe Brady get James Cook into space to use his athletic ability? Because if you just hand him the ball and say, go do it yourself, that's not him. He's not LaShawn McCoy to where he's going to create space or break tackles. You've got to get him into space. And then once he's there, he's dangerous. So that's the key. Thad, the, the guy on the Dallas Cowboys offensive side of the ball that has me the most nervous isn't Dak, it isn't C.D. Lamb. It's actually their tight end, Jake Ferguson. I mean, we saw what Cincinnati was able to do with their tight ends and their win over the Bills. Travis Kelsey was having himself a decent day and usually feasts on the Bills. It's all about finding that soft belly of the zone, and, and it seems like Ferguson is a, a tight end who's figured that out here uh, in his time here as a starter this year for the Cowboys. How concerned should Sean McDermott and his defense be uh, given that zone that they like to run and, and the ability of a tight end like Ferguson to maybe get into that those soft spaces there for big yards. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a significant concern. You know, I, I think you go back to those other situations. Um, with, with the Bengals, there were so many receiving options. I think the Bills were kind of picking their poison and figured, you know, well, we're going to let you know Drew Sample and Tanner Hudson, you know, if they beat us, whatever. And then they did. Um, and, and then with this, with this Chiefs game, you know, Kelsey didn't have a great day, but you know, the Bills had Rasul Douglas on them. They're, they're employing high-level defensive coverage assets on Kelsey. They won't be able to do that in this game because not only is it C.D. Lamb, but 
Brandon Cooks is, is kind of reminding everybody why he used to be a number one receiver. And, you know, they got Michael Gallup. they got guys with, with speed to burn. So if you're playing Dallas, you can't really focus on the tight end. And, you know, now my fantasy team has been frustrated with Jake Ferguson's production, <laughs> but he looks like a guy that should be able to do, you know, all the things you'd want from a tight end. So I'm with you. I mean, he's, I don't know if he's more or less of a concern, but if you look at the Dallas passing game and think, well, if we stop CeeDee Lamb, we're good, that's not the answer because they have, you know, even beyond the receivers, you know, Tony Pollard and Dowdle out of the backfield are nasty. So this is a part of the reason why this Dallas offense has been so good. Zap Brown from News 8 is our guest here as uh, going back to some of those injuries. And, you know, A.J. Epineza, and this was a conversation we were having earlier in the week, Thad, that – I look at Ebenezer and I think, okay, late bloomer, but it's a league that really values that position. Has A.J. Ebenezer set himself up for such a nice payday that Brandon Bean may not be able to afford him coming up this offseason? Yeah, possibly. You know, I mean, Ebenezer's production kind of has, has tailed off a little bit the last few weeks. He continues to get a little bit better. Him and Greg Rousseau are both on kind of the same gradual improvement. You haven't seen you know, giant leaps from year to year. But both guys are, you know, unquestionably a little bit better than they were the year before. And I think with that, one of two things is going to happen in the offseason. Either someone's going to give him a contract that the Bills can't and probably shouldn't match, or he's going to sit in an area where, where the Bills and everybody else can afford him, and I think he'd probably stay. So I don't think it, to be honest, I don't think there's an outcome with Epinesa that the Bills are frustrated with, because if he gets a deal that they can't afford – it's probably a deal that he's not going to be worth paying to anyway. What are we hearing about Vaughn Miller, aside from the off-field stuff? I mean, we saw him affect the game somewhat, maybe a little bit more. Kansas City looked like it was maybe his best game so far this season. Is he trending in that direction? What's your take on Vaughn Miller on the field, Thad? He's been improving every week, but it's so gradual it's hard to see. It's kind of like you know watching the, uh, the shadows move as the sun goes through the sky. You know it's moving, but you can't really tell from one moment to the next that it's different. You know, he kind of – I really am a little surprised considering how unproductive he's been that the Bills put him back on the field as early as they did. He talked about the fact that normally you need a training camp. Well, I think they should have given him one. I think they should have, you know, let him practice the full three weeks. Now, I know, look, he came back that Jacksonville game when guys were dropping like flies in the defensive line and, and they needed help. I get that. But he has been, you know, for what, maybe the first four or five games – about a ghost defensively. And then for the last, you know, three, four, five weeks, he's been a little bit effective. But, you know, in a spot where if you need a sack or a quarterback pressure late in the game, I have a hard time landing on, you know, Von Miller as one of my top two or three options on this team. And, you know, he's had the Thursday week, the half by. He's had the full by now. And, and he's got the brace off his knee, which helps. But there has not been a situation where we've seen that large jump. So I think that that's what you can expect. Very, very gradual improvement to where, you know, at this pace, if they make a Super Bowl, Von Miller might be 50 or 60% of what you expect, which is, you know, it won't be bad, but it's going to be a disappointment for what they were hoping to get considering what they paid for him. Thad, uh, true or false, no hedging, okay? If the Bills find a way to beat the Cowboys on Sunday, then Week 18 will be for the AFC East. I think that's true, and I think it may not even matter if they win this game. You know, I think the Dolphins have enough losable games that they can get themselves down to only one game in front. I mean, you know, if the Bills lose this one, Miami would have to lose two of their next three, but two of those three are Dallas and Baltimore. So um, it wouldn't stun me even if the Bills lost this game 
that that would be true. But I'm going to 100% say true if the Bills win. What have you seen differently out of the offense with Joe Brady? And, and we noticed last week with the return of Dawson Knox, an increase in 12 personnel that we saw earlier this season. It sure feels like that's something that's being dictated from Sean McDermott, the, the ability to run more two tight end sets. The, the thing that I've liked the most from Joe Brady is that you see logical adjustments. And to, to give you an example, you guys remember the, the fourth down play in the first half where Josh Allen scrambled for an hour and found Dalton Kincaid, right? Yeah. Okay. On that play, the Bills set up with three tight ends all to the right. So heavy to the right side of the line, the left side of the line was soft. Well, the Chiefs countered by really stacking that heavy side, almost anticipating a run or a play that direction, and left the left side only a couple defensive linemen over there. And I remember watching that play on film and thinking, wow, that, you know, I'd want to run at that, you know, maybe the next time they do it. Well, sure enough, the next possession, the Bills get a third and one, go with the same formation, the Chiefs react the same way, and Joe Brady runs left for four yards. It was the easiest third and one conversion you've ever seen. That's the kind of thing that you're seeing on a regular basis with what he's doing. You know, you hear about motion and play action, all these other buzzwords that people want to, you know, throw out there as ways to unlock the offense. And, and not one of those is going to unlock it. But being able to, you know, adjust, learn, develop, change through a game, Brady's done a much better job of that than Ken Dorsey has. And I think it's a big reason why the Bills are succeeding as much as they've had. Dad Brown from News 8, our guest here in the sports bar as the Bills getting ready for the Cowboys. Um, one question we get a lot, I imagine you get a lot too. What about Leonard Fournette? It's like, you know, like when do we get playoff Lenny here? Is or is it just a matter of the Bills are really happy with the what they have at the running back position right now, Fat? They're happy. And look, Leonard Fournette was on the couch most of the year. Um, this is not the first time the Bills have grabbed a veteran in the hopes of just having him around on the practice squad in case something happens later in the season. Um, but you know, frankly, I don't think Fournette is better than the other three guys they have. And keep in mind Fournette is very limited. You know, all he can really do right now effectively is be a receiver. And when you put him in there, you're taking throws away from Stephon Diggs, away from Dalton Kincaid, away from James Cook. He's not an incredibly better runner. He's not a good – he's one of the worst pass protectors in the NFL. So you're not going to get – he can't play special teams like Ty Johnson can. So there's just not much use – for that guy to be on the active roster or on the game day roster when he's going to replace, if he replaces Johnson, then someone else has got to pick up Ty Johnson's special teams duties. You know, if, if he replaces Latavius Murray, I guess he'd be what uh, the inside short yardage back. He'd probably be good there, but you, you got a good thing going with Murray right now. So there's just no reason to play him. And, and I think, you know, people saw the name and figured, Oh, he's going to be a big help. I saw Leonard Fournette and thought backup. And I think that's what he's going to be. Any update on Damian Harris? None, none. You know, and I was a little surprised that, um, you know, the Bills did it, uh, open the window for Justin Shorter um, and, and, you know, a couple of long-term injury guys have come back the last couple of weeks, and we haven't heard a single thing about Damian Harris. And disappointing, too, because I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I really thought he was going to be the second-best running back for the Bills. Now, Latavius Murray's been great, and I think it's a big reason why, you know, he, he is, he's earned the, the time he's gotten. But Damian Harris is a really talented player. You saw it in training camp. You saw it in preseason a little when he played. 
And it's just unfortunate that uh, this injury has kept him out as long as it has. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Speaking of injuries, I mean, we kind of painted a picture, not everybody, but like of Kyrie Elam, my gosh, he must be a bust. What's going on? He can't get on the field. I didn't know he was hurt. A lot of people didn't know. I mean, did the Bills do Kyrie Elam a disservice by not saying, hey, week one, he's he's a scratch, but he's not a healthy scratch here. No, I think they're doing him a service by letting this injury lay out as an excuse why he didn't play well. You know, to me, if you're active and you're on the roster, then you're, you're able to play because they always say in the NFL, everybody's hurt, but there's a difference between being hurt and injured. And now look, if, if he was injured and the Bills left him out there to play for whatever reason, then that's on the Bills. You know, because if, if this is a guy that's as ineffective as he was because he's injured, then the, the Bills mess that up. And, and usually you don't get that from an NFL team. To me, yeah, he's probably playing hurt. It probably wasn't 100%. But this guy's proven now the last year and a half that he just doesn't work in this Bill system. And to leave it out there like, well, he's hurt. That's why it was a problem, I think, is a, a very convenient reframing of the narrative for a player that really hasn't been effective almost at any other time he's played. So, yeah, maybe when he's 100% healthy, he'll be great. But you know, as I said, everybody's hurt. So if you have to be 100% to be effective, then you're probably not going to be effective in the NFL. Dad, when you do the exercise that I like to go through before every game with every matchup, you know, which team has the better coaching, which team has a better quarterback, which team has more talent on their roster, I have a hard time seeing the Bills winning this game on Sunday. And I know it's at home, and I know the Bills have a little bit of momentum here. The Cowboys have a lot to play for as well. What's your projection? How do you see this playing out on Sunday? Yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, I, I look at the teams. You start breaking down position groups, and, and the Cowboys, I think, are better in more position groups. And, you know, I was rewatching the Cowboys-Eagles game, and it just blew me away. I'm like, every single play, there's like three stars around the ball. And, and the Bills have good players, but they don't have, you know, guys at that level. So how do they hang? And obviously, they hung with the Eagles, so it, it's doable. I think, really, unless Josh Allen can have the type of ridiculously good game he did against the Eagles, I think it's going to be pretty hard for the Bills to win this game. Now, look, you get turnovers. You know, maybe the Cowboys have a flat game after a big one against the Eagles. 
They haven't been great on the road. Their three losses have been on the road. All those things are possible. And the Bills are going to hang in this game. because Dallas hasn't blown anyone out, you know, other than the terrible teams they've played. So you make a few plays late, you can steal it. But, you know, Dallas seems a solid notch above Buffalo. And, and I'm with you. I have a hard time landing at a spot where I pick the Bills to win short of a crazy turnover ratio or Josh Allen just, you know, going supernova. Uh, Thad, what can we look forward to tonight on News 8? And what time uh, does the show start uh, this Sunday? So Sunday we're going to do a normal Buffalo kickoff live, uh, 11 o'clock on the CW in Buffalo and 11.30 in Rochester. Um, you know, tonight on si- at 6 on News 8, Thad's three things. I'll give you my full breakdown and prediction for uh, the Bills and the Cowboys and then the extended version of that on rosterfirst.com sometime this weekend whenever I can fit it in among Christmas shopping. I love it, Thad. Enjoy the holidays, man, and thank you so much for making some time. Have a great weekend, bud. You guys too, man. Thanks for the time. There he is. Thad Brown, News 8 Sports Director, giving us his thoughts on Bill's Cowboys coming up on Sunday. You'll be able to hear the game on the Fan Rochester. Our pregame coverage gets underway at noon. There's a take that makes me kind of reconsider the whole Kyrie Elam kind of narrative we've had this week. Like, wait a second, why was he out there hurt? But when you kind of just the fact that there's a difference between being hurt being and, and being injured. He wasn't injured. You reframe it this way because now he's he's more valuable to another team. When the offseason comes around and Kyrie Elam doesn't want to be a part of the Buffalo Bills because he couldn't get on the field this year, maybe it is an injury, or maybe it is he's just not what they thought that they were getting. I think maybe in the sunshine of St. John Fisher when he's out there and he looks great and everything else and somebody gives a call, you know, that that's when you would move him. I don't think you would be making a move in the spring or whenever when, oh, you know, he's fully healthy, everything's really good. But this is and step the, one in, this in, is step in reframing one, him. Right, yeah. This is step one in reframing him. No, he didn't get on the field because he's not good. He's been injured. He's been injured. Don't you understand the difference? He's injured. We well, can't. then why wasn't he on the injury report then? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, that I can't answer. Yeah, but yeah. every team does that. Every team messes around with the injury report, Gino. You know that. Yeah, that, that feels like the beginning of a reframing of Kyer Elam's ability. Like, he's still got ability, guys. He was just injured all of last season. That's why he didn't get on the field. That's why we couldn't get him a jersey. He wasn't right. He got drafted because of the damn notebook. That's right. Remember that? Like, he had, like Sean, Coach McDermott, I keep notes. He was intoxicated. Every, like, McDermott oh, was intoxicated by oh, the notes. He the heard notes. that, and he saw the notebook come out, can, and that can, was it. Can I see the notebooks? Yeah. And then he had to <laughs> wash his hands afterwards, clean up a little bit. Like, that was it. That He was smitten from that point on. And then, you know, like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You got hoodwinked. Uh, it doesn't mean that there's not value to the player. And and look, I'm not going to completely dismiss Kyrie Elam's future in Buffalo. Like I think the player is nice. I think he could be. I think he could. He could be something in time. But I don't know that the Bills have that kind of patience with him. And, and it's alarming to me that Josh Norman got his elevations from the practice squad when he brought it. We were like, "Oh my God!" They re-signed Josh Norman, and what you said at the time, something terrible must have gone wrong. <laughs> Something terrible has gone wrong. Um, Good stuff from Thad. We'll talk Cowboys football next hour when we're joined by Bobby Belt, Cowboys insider for our Odyssey Sports Sister Station, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He'll be stopping by right around 425. Some takes on tap next in the sports bar. I I have a weird imagination danger, and I, I picture Saturday night being a celebration of wealth in Buffalo. We're not invited to this, but when NFL owners are in an opposing town, 
Normally, they go over to the the host owner's mansion, and they is that is that a fact? Does that happen? Is that true? Yeah, that's what's happened in the past. The owners get together when they visit. So if if Terry Pagula's in Los Angeles, he's going over to. It depends on the relationship, of course. But we know, we know that Jerry, you know, he's really the Terry. That is like a mutual admiration society. Yeah, I I could I could see that. I could visualize that. Um, we talk a little bit more here about the vacancy now with the Los Angeles Chargers because immediately a lot of people are going to say, "Well, that's a great job. That's that's a premier job. That's a good, you got to get that job. That's a great job." I, maybe, and of course, there's one name that's being immediately linked to it. It's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. I'm going to tell you why there might be some landmines in that gig now occupied or now now vacant i should say with uh, the firing of brennan staley after that embarrassing performance by the chargers last night in prime that's on the way next some takes on tap in the sports bar danger and bataglia stand by for i'll drink to that this holiday season all your wishes are coming true on FanDuel, america's number one sports book it's mike danger for FanDuel, the official partner of 95 7 the fan right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, everything from spreads to player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Mike and kick off the NFL season with me on FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash Mike, M-I-K-E. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and physically present in New York. First online real money wager only. $25 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. For help with the gambling problem, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. On 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.